Hello and welcome to another episode of the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. This is also the very first time that I am recording this as a video as well. So you are more than welcome to go and check out this video on the YouTube channel, the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. So I am thrilled to have you here. And in this episode, I want to chat with you about time management strategies. What can you do to manage your minutes better in a day. I know as a leader, there are many unexpected things that happen in our day. And if I look down, it's because I'm looking at my notes. I am very used to looking down at my notes while I am talking into the microphone. So I have to get used to talking into the camera as well. So if I do look away, my apologies. But today I just want to talk to you about managing your minutes and how, what can you do as a leader to manage your minutes better and get the most out of your day. So let's do it. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies wisdom and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rika Whelan and welcome to the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy and let's jumpstart your leadership. To start off our episode, I want to read a review from Inside Out Fitness and Nutrition. And Inside Out Fitness and Nutrition says, Great business wisdom. This is great wisdom and guidance as I am starting with the, from the ground up. This helps me see things I have not on my own. Thank you. Well, I'm really thankful that you are here and I hope that please go check, please go check out the other episodes as well that I've not that I've done. They're not on video, but they're on the podcast as well and they're on the YouTube channel too, just the waveform or the, the audio itself is on the YouTube channel as well. And just go and have a look at some of the nuggets that I've shared and all the mistakes that I've made. I'd hate for you to make the same mistakes I did. And yeah, so let's talk today about time management strategies. Now I've prolifically struggled with time management for yeah for a long time and over the years of being in leadership and being an employee and all those things I've really come to know and and just try out some strategies that really 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 work. Now I want to be clear and disclaim that not all of these strategies will work for everyone because we are different people, we have got different strengths We've got different things that work for us, different things that don't work for us. And therefore, some of these strategies won't work for you. Okay, but for me, these are the strategies that I've found that worked for me. But also in helping and mentoring and coaching other people, this is what I found has also worked for them. Okay, 
So if you've listened to any of my episodes before, you know that I'm a big, big fan of delegation. You have to delegate. And the reason why you have to delegate is because you are only one person and you cannot do everything. It's impossible for you to do everything. And also you should, shouldn't be doing everything. If you are the only person in your team or in your organization that's doing everything, then I would highly recommend that you go and have a look at what are the things that you are doing that you should not be doing. What are the things that you are doing that's not your job? You've taken it on because a staff member or a team member is struggling or someone that you're supporting at the moment out of compassionate reasons. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But a year later, you're still stuck with those tasks. So you should go and have a look. What are the things that you are doing at the moment that you shouldn't be doing? Absolutely delegate them back to the person who who should be doing them as well as delegate them. Yeah, just delegate them back. Okay, if if, if you're not meant to be doing them, then delegate them back. Okay. The other thing with delegation is the things that you absolutely despise doing okay you and i'm talking from a leadership perspective here not an employee perspective because it is slightly different but the things that you absolutely do not like doing who likes doing them because there will be people in your organization in your team actually i'm specifically only talking about your team who will be who does like doing them and if they if you can delegate to it to them they actually like doing it But number two, they're actually good at it, that's why they like it, then delegate it to them because that's point number three. If you are doing things that you are not actually good at, then why are you even doing them? Unless you have absolutely no choice by your line manager because of your job description, because of your contract, you are the only one that can do that, then that's okay, that's a different story. But if you are doing things that you are not good at and you can actually delegate them to someone who's good at it and who will actually do even a better job than you, they'll do it quicker than you, they'll be more efficient than you, then you should absolutely delegate it to those people. Highly recommend delegation. The other reason why you should be delegating is so that you can kill perfection. A lot of the time, us as leaders, we do things because we think we're the only one that can do it as perfect as us. But we should be killing that that perfection and just saying, look, I don't care if it's as perfect as when I do it, but that person's getting it done. That person's getting it done, so I don't care what the what it looks like, what the process was, they're just getting it done, and I'm happy with that. So I've gone through situations where I've had to delegate things to people. Did they do it the same as I? No. Did it have the same end result? Yes. So was it was it the way I did it? No. But ultimately it got done. And that was time back in my calendar that I could focus on other things. So kill the perfectionist in you and delegate it to other people. Okay. And then there are certain tasks that you must absolutely delegate. So things that are, for for example, if you have an an assistant, then, then make sure that your assistant are doing the things that you should not be doing. Managing your calendar. Maybe even having a look at your at your emails and prioritizing those emails that need to be answered first, second, or third. Or actually even moving your emails into a separate folder, look, read later. But if you do that, you and your assistant need a really good relationship so that they understand what is important to you, what's non-vital, 
what's not urgent or what is urgent because you wouldn't want them to file something away that you actually needed to action today. You don't want that. So I think that if you've got a good relationship with your executive assistant or if you, if you even have an assistant, then that would be great. But if you don't, then there are some really great AI tools that you can invest in. And I will make sure that I pop a, a link in the description below so that you can go check those out. But things like, like Calendly is a, a calendar program where people can book directly into your calendar. There's no more back and forth emailing between, okay, what time do you have available? Oh, I've got this time available. No, sorry, I've got a crossover. It's a waste of time. So if you've got a pro program where people can just book directly into your calendar, you just obviously have to make sure that your calendar is up to date. Um, and updated with those things that you don't want those times where you don't want people to book in, then a program like Calendly, there's actually quite a lot of them out there. Calendly is not the only one, but it Calendly is the is the main one that people most that people know of. If we mention that one, or if I mention that one, but there are some other options as well. So just have a look at how you can automate some of your work. I've automated some of my work by using Microsoft Planner. So Microsoft Planner is a fantastic tool where you can put everything that needs to be done and you can put recurring reminders on there, you can put due dates on there. And what I love about that is when I had a team, I would put their, their due dates for all their mandatory training that they had to go through annually. I would create a board and on the board I would say, for example, there's a column for all first day training, there's a column for the child protection training or there was a, there was a training for X, Y and Z. Then I would put each of their name under as a um, as a task under each board, and I would then go and put a due date. I would tag that person plus myself on that due date, and actually two weeks prior to it being due, it would start pinging us in our Outlook because it's also connected to your Outlook, which is fantastic because then two weeks prior to that item or that thing being due, it's going to start pinging you. So if you need to keep people accountable for things like that, or if you want to automate your reminders, then 100% you should be using automation or AI to help you with your time management. Now let's have a look at number two. So number one was delegation. Number two is time blocking. Now this is a fantastic strategy that I learned actually from one of my line managers, time blocking. So what you do is you turn your phone or your devices on airplane or flight mode, and then that would ensure that there's no distractions. So look, we're living in a world full of distractions where we get a lot of notifications from Microsoft Teams or Slack or Monday.com, whichever one you're using. And it is really disturbing if you're trying to do work, but you're constantly being pinged by people asking questions or things like that. So I said, number one suggestion with time blocking is select a time during your day that you are going to block out all notifications. And in this time, you're going to focus on project work. So your most important and crucial things that need to get done where you do not want disturbances. And you can also let the team know between 10 and 12, I've got my project time every single day or on a Monday, every fortnight at this time, do not disturb. And people will really start respecting that because they know that you have to focus on your time, specifically if it's for a future project or if you even allow them to do time blocking, because then they're going to see the value in time blocking for themselves as well. 
So time blocking is crucial because it's alone time. It's time for you to think as a leader because as leaders, we do need time to think. I'm a person who wants to constantly be on the go. I want to listen to a podcast while I'm doing my dishes in the kitchen or while I'm making dinner. I want to listen to something in the background while I'm working. So I really want to make the most of my time. However, by doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing another thing that I should not be doing, which is multitasking, but I'm going to get to that one in a minute. But if I have time that I'm only doing one thing at a time, I'm blocking that time out where I'm only working on this project, I'm only working on that thing, I've got no other disturbances, then I'm actually going to be more efficient with my time than what I would have been enough if I was doing two things at once. So time blocking can be very valuable to you. I know it seems impossible because I have had people say, no, it's impossible. I don't have time in my day that I can block out. Well, I promise you, you do. You're just going to have to go and look for them. Okay, then the other thing is learning to say no. I've spoken about this in the podcast before. It's extremely important that you learn how to say no. And I'm not going to go too much in depth on this one because actually my next episode on Thursday is going to, the whole episode is just going to be about saying no. I'm going to give you some tangible strategies, tangible ways that you can get yourself out of a situation, but also say no and be adamant about that no and not accept things on your plate that you should not be accepting or taking on board. Okay, so that is going to be Thursday's episode. But what I want to say for today is that as leaders, we really need to hone in on the skill of not being people pleasers. We want to have a relationship with our team. We want them to regard us highly. We want them to respect us. And sometimes if we feel, sometimes when we say no, it feels harsh and we feel guilty about it. So then we want to make up for it in, in a different way. And then again, we'll take on board something that we shouldn't be taking on board. So I'll go into a lot more depth on Thursday about the art of saying no. But as a leader, this is your num- is another one important time management strategy is saying no, because you are buying your time back by not taking things on board that you should not be taking on board. Number four, no multitasking. I already alluded to this one. So Look, multitasking is is a is an evil thing because we think that we are doing two things at once and that we we are getting things done because we're multitasking. But actually, the only thing that we're doing with multitasking is that we are starting a lot of projects that we're not finishing in the end. And a good example of this is when you have multiple tabs open on your computer. You're working on one project, and that's the other thing with time blocking is close off close off all those tabs, please, okay? Because what happens is we're working on one tab, and then we think, okay, I've got to check, I've got to check something on Google Chrome or on my browser, so I'm going to quickly just check something on my browser. Then you get onto your browser and you realize, oh, actually, yes, I was working on this project. I never, I, I was working on this, but I never finished it. Then you start working on that thing. Then you think, okay, but I've got to check something else. Then you go to a third screen and there's also something open that you've not finished. And then you're like, oh, yes, I was actually still working on that. And then you jump. So you've you've jumped off board with the first thing that you were doing. You've jumped on board with the second thing you were doing. And in the meantime, now you've jumped off again and you're back on the third thing that you were doing. And this just goes on for the whole day long. And what have you done towards the end of your day? Absolutely nothing. 
you've not actually finished one of those tasks because you were constantly busy with multiple tasks. So multitasking is really, it's like the evil sin of time management. You're not going to get anything done if you multitask. Now, when I have, I've shared my journey before with burnout and and to be in doing in all honesty, I am still recovering from burnout. They do say it can take months, if not years, to recover from burnout fully. And one thing that I had to learn on my burnout journey was you cannot multitask. You, you cannot get over burnout if you multitask. And why do they say that? Because multitasking leads to burnout. It's, it's the opposite as well. So if you're going to continue multitasking, you're also going to burn out because you've constantly got 15 things going on in your head about projects that are half or even quarter done, that are half or even quarter done. And then what happens is you start feeling like a failure because you can, you're not productive, you can't manage your time well, and you feel like a failure because you just can't get anything done. Whereas if you were only working on one thing at a time, then you, what would you have been successful in? Of all those 15 tasks, maybe you would have done eight out of the 15 in your day or eight out of the 15 in your week. And you would have felt like, okay, great, I'm 50% there. Yes, I've done it. Oh, wow, that was good. So I just think that multitasking is something that if you're doing it, you should really absolutely stop doing it. And something that I taught another person is that if you know that you need to get something done, but you're already busy with something. So I am busy writing, I'm busy writing a book. But in the meantime, I remembered that I need to do this thing as well. I need to go and post on LinkedIn. I've forgotten about that. What you do is you have your book with you, okay? Then what you, all that you're going to do is while you are busy with your, your, so this is my notebook, okay? And now I'm busy writing my book. The next moment I remember, oh, I forgot to do that. I need to go and do that. Then what I do is I immediately go and write it down and then I leave it there. And then I'm going to carry on with my book writing my book but then I remember again that I have got something that I need to do then I just go and write it down again so it's very important have your notebook and pen handy when you are doing the one thing that you should be doing but then write it down and leave it at that unless it's urgent so if you've forgotten something that needs to be urgently done like within the next hour within the next five minutes then that is the only reason why you can interrupt yourself and go and do that thing. If it is not urgent, it's not important, it's not life-threatening, you simply write it in your notebook and you come back to the thing that you were doing. It's the only way you're going to get stuff done and it's the only way that you're actually going to make progress with whatever it is that you need to make progress with. Okay. Stop wasting time is number five. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff in our life that we just absolutely waste time on. So for me, I, I sometimes suffer, suffer a little bit from shiny object syndrome. So I don't know if you've happened, if you've listened, if you've heard of that before. But shiny object syndrome is when you are constantly chasing something new that looks interesting. So, you know, when threads, for example, was introduced as the alternative to Twitter, for example, which is now X. Um, then immediately I thought, oh, I've got to better be on threads because everybody's going to be on threads. I, you know, I'm going to miss out. Or when Twitter became X and all of a sudden you think, oh, I better be on that. That sounds interesting. Or then this one comes out and then this one comes out. Then you hear, oh, this person, that's my competition is doing that. I better be doing that as well. 
So, um, you know, and this is not just from an entrepreneur's perspective, but from a leadership perspective, again, like we, we, we just worry about the small stuff so, so, so often and we make it bigger than what it is. But it is actually a big time waster if we're constantly thinking about the small stuff. And sometimes those small stuff, again, can be delegated, which comes back to part number one. The other way that we are really wasting time is by ineffective meetings. I have worked in an environment where people just want to have a meeting for everything. Meeting, meeting, meeting. And this literally could have been an email. So stop wasting your time on ineffective meetings. And before you schedule that meeting, think to yourself, can this be in an email? Will the people who I send this email to understand exactly what it's about? if I simply put it in words, or must this be a face-to-face -face meeting? Do I want to look these people in the, in the eye and say the thing that I need to say, or can I simply communicate via email? Because this is a serious, serious problem in the world that we're living in, especially after COVID, because now we've got Zoom for everything. We can just quickly jump on a Zoom call with people. But the thing is, that's also getting worn out. If you can send an email, it is so much better than wasting people's time on a call. Okay. The last thing I want to say with wasting time is if you don't have a if you don't have clarity about what you're doing, then that's also going to be a time waster. So you should have clarity about what you want to achieve in your block of time. You should have clarity about what is it that you want to achieve by the end of the day. Because if you don't have clarity again, you're going to go around and around in circles and by the end of the day, you're going to feel like a failure and then you're going to feel like you achieved nothing. Okay. Number six is emails. Okay. So I, I preluded already with the emails that if it can be, if it doesn't have to be in a meeting, it can be an email. Okay. But what I now want to say here is be careful is that emails don't rule you. And for a very, very long time, my emails ruled me. I felt perplexed by the number of emails that came through on a daily basis to my inbox. I did not have an executive assistant and I did not have someone managing my calendar or my emails for me. And that's most of you here. You probably don't have someone doing that for you. So I really, really struggled in this sense. And at some point in time, I had 1,900 emails in my inbox. And yes, not all of them I had to read through and respond but I felt so perplexed by the amount of emails that came through that I just put it aside every single day. I was like, oh, I'll look at it tomorrow. I'll look at it tomorrow. I would scan through quickly to see if there was anything urgent that I needed to answer. However, because I, I had a lack of clarity, because I wasn't time managing well, <clears throat> I wasn't blocking out time specifically for my emails, I missed emails. And then I would, you know, I would get into trouble, not necessarily with my line manager, but with the customer. The customer wanted an answer and I'm not giving them an answer. So it's not that I got into trouble, but they got very grumpy with me. So, yeah, I know emails is a hard thing and we only have one work email, which means that we give it out to everyone and ev anyone and everyone, including all the spammers. So we get a lot of spam, we get a lot of salesy emails, and then we actually get the emails that we do need to answer. Okay, so one thing on Microsoft Outlook that saved my skin lots of times is the rules function. So whenever an email from this person came through, it would automatically take it and put it in a file in a file folder for me. So then periodically I would go through those files and go and have a look which emails got into those ones automatically. So that 
all my all the spammy or sales emails or you know those beautiful blogs or articles that I wanted to get but they just flooded my email now they went directly into that into that folder and then when I had a chance I could go and have a look at them so I really like that feature from Outlook I don't know if you can do it with the other with with other emails like Gmail or if you're using another provider I don't know if you can do that but when you click on an email and you go and click at the at the top, there's a rules button. If you click on the rules button, you can set a rule for it to go automatically into a different file. However, be careful that you are not doing it with people you are working with. So I did this once uh, because this person sent emails that were not relevant to me. And I didn't want to delete them. I still wanted to receive it, but I didn't need to see it every single time it came through. However... Then she did send me an email that was relevant to me. And because it went straight into that folder, I missed it. Okay. So be very mindful that you are only putting rules on those emails that, that you don't want to miss or that you maybe that you know is only going to come from that company that only sends you the salesy emails. But you don't want to miss it. You're kind of interested or the blog or the newsletter or the newsletter or the article or whatever. Not people you are working with, even if it's not relevant to you. Okay, so then I've got a couple of bonus tips. So it was those six. I'll say them again. It is delegation, time blocking, learning to say no, no multitasking, stop wasting time, and emails. And so then a couple of bonus tips that I have is plan your week. You have to absolutely plan your week. You Best is to do it either on a Sunday night, but if you don't want to work on a weekend, then you have to do it on a Friday. Friday before you leave for the weekend, have a look at what your week is looking like the next week and then plan it out, especially if you are going to use a an app where people can book straight into your calendar. Make sure that you are up to date. Your whole calendar is up to date and if someone looks at your calendar, they can have a look how to um, you can have a look when you're available. I know on Microsoft and especially if you're in the same company, you can do this. You can use the scheduling function on Microsoft Office to see if the other person's available. But you're gonna make sure that your calendar is up to date. Okay. Have set days each week for specific tasks. So, for example, every Monday, you and your team know that on a Monday, these are the things that you are doing. On a Tuesday, those are the things that you are doing. So set it out for yourself. So that it's easy for you to follow. For example, okay, and I know I'm talking from an entrepreneur's perspective, not from a leadership perspective. But for example, at the moment, I know that on Mondays is going to be my podcast day. On Mondays, I'm only going to do my podcast and then schedule that for Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I know that I want to schedule all my coaching calls. I want to only work with clients on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And that might that might not always be the same. I might actually work with clients on different days, but I want to book out Tuesdays and Wednesdays first before I book any out at any day. Then on Thursdays, I'm planning on running a monthly webinar. I'm going to give you the information of that monthly webinar very soon. I'm looking forward to this free workshop that I will be be providing once a month on a Thursday. So that's going to be my Thursday. Then on Friday, I want, to perp- I want to just focus on writing blog posts and articles on LinkedIn to get visible, share them on Facebook and do a bit of social media. Okay, you need a plan because if you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. Okay, then another tip is take a brain break every two hours. Taking a brain break is going to be very valuable to you 
because otherwise you just get so bogged down by all the work that you do. You get tired, you get exhausted, and you get bored, okay? So taking a brain break, doing some brain exercises, are simple things like, you know, touching your nose and your ear at the same time and then switching them around or, or shoulders and head and then crossing over. This is a midline and doing midline crossing exercises is extremely, extremely good for your brain. If you've got children, make sure that they're doing crossover exercises, crossing the midline. It's very, very, very important. And you might think it's silly, but doing these brain breaks, doing these physical exercises can give you a boost in energy that your body needs just, just to push through that next that next, next task that's really, really tough for you. Okay, I've got one more tip for you, and that is to set calendar reminders for absolutely everything. This really will help you to stay on track with everything that you have to do. I've set calendar reminders for even two to three years in advance because then annually I don't have to think about that. I don't have to worry next year that I'm going to forget what I have to do. Even if in three years' time you don't work there anymore, that's okay. But if you do, then at least you've set those calendar reminders, That'll and that will really help you. So I hope that this was a really valuable episode to you and that you'll be able to really take those time management strategies and apply them because that's the whole point of applying them is so that you can have some improvements, you can have some quick wins with these time management strategies as well. And they should really, really help you as well in anything that you do from a day-to-day basis, whether it's your personal life or it's your leadership life, which is the reason why you're listening to this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. And I will see you again on Thursday, where I'll be talking about the art of saying no. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review. Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community. And I look forward to engaging with you there.